One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. As always, I'm your host Budge and I'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators Dot and Dej. Gents, how are we doing, man? I'm good, Budge, man. How are you? Always good, always good. Happy to be back in the studio, ready to get things cracking. Some very, very interesting results this weekend. I just want to so, say um, five out of five. <laughs> 15 points, five point gap. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, number five yeah, is, yeah, is, is yeah. really, it's really, really nice enjoying. at the moment. So you, were saying you, like, you like five uh, more than six now? a tough one I'll, I'll take the six I'll take the six fair point fair point how about you Dej man how are yeah, you bro I'm good Budge man I'm perfect man I know you had an injury to your hand yeah so man. it's good to see that you're well now man so let's get it cracking on, on the men definitely those post international blues are finished now so back it. into this the creme it. de la creme of Premier League football to be fair I didn't mind the international break man you just need to watch the right games it's not that bad yeah there was a few mm. good games but when you're watching England Bulgaria you know what's gonna happen yeah, like, it's yeah, a bit boring but it's got better it's got better absolutely absolutely so of course we're gonna get cracking and we're gonna talk about the weekend's fixtures but we we now this is an interesting one so i would usually say we're welcoming a special guest onto the platform and i can't really say that this person is a special guest as such because he's he's a part of the the tbg family um, but I think a lot of our listeners won't be privy to, you know, to, to, to this particular individual because he's a, he's, he's a man behind the scenes orchestrating from the headquarters. Mm, pulling the string. Pulling the string. Playing the metronome position. You know what I mean? He's, you know what I mean? Geppetto, the, the, the puppeteer. Do you understand? So, so for, for those of our listeners who won't be uh, uh, familiar with, with this guy, who I'm not going to call a special guest because, like I said, he's, he's, he's a member of the family. Budge, Budge, I can still be a special guest, you know. No. Yeah? You're part of the no, furniture, no, too. You're part no. of the furniture. Cool, this cool. is, like I said, this is, this is the, the beautiful game uh, head, HQ, headquarters, this guy. Um, he goes by the name of Tunch. <laughs> Welcome, Tunch. Well, uh, this is right. Like, it feels weird. Like, what? Welcome, I don't welcome, want to say welcome. Like, he's you're, going always, a, you're going to like I've been on before. Yeah, this, <laughs> man's been on before. <laughs> you didn't intro me properly the first yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, that's I think, right. that's, I on, think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. But we welcome, um, we welcome Tunch today. Nah, so but you, 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 you'll be hearing my voice a lot more anyway. Absolutely, so. absolutely. One hundred percent. Cool. Right. So, boys, let's 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 get straight into it. 
But before we talk about um, this first fixture, um, I think it's a, a, a good thing that we review a very interesting event that, um, that you guys went to, yep. Dot and Dej. So, let, yeah, I mean, for, for the, uh, some, some of our uh, followers will have seen the picture that you posted, the, fam- <laughs> the famous yeah. uh, picture that you guys posted. But um, if they weren't aware of what the actual event was, just like run, yeah, run, run us through what it was, basically, that, that you guys were, were, were part of and, and, and attended. Yeah, basically, BCOMS is the brainchild of Leon Man. Mm-hmm. It's a platform, you know, to get the media much more diverse. Mm-hmm. And they're welcoming the next cohort of students. So we were kindly, you know, invited to come mm-hmm. through and just show our support. And literally, like, it was a huge who of the media. Yeah. Like, you could see a lot of different people. Like, we spoke to a lot of people and, you know, exchanged contacts. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. You know, supporting people that support us. Because Leon yeah. Man. He's a big supporter of us and, you know, we support his movement. So, Absolutely. yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, man, it was a real um, eye-opening experience. I mean, what Leon Man's doing for the community, he's, he's doing great work. Um, I just want to shout out the mayor of London because he was there supporting the act and he's the mm-hmm. one that's really, you know, backed this, um, you know, organisation going forward. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out Sadiq Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets a lot of flack as well, man. Every yeah. time there's an yeah. incident in London, Sadiq Khan, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah shout, shout out Troy Dini. He was there yeah. as well. He gave a great speech. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, it was just a real, you know, eye-opening and inspiring, you know, event. So, yeah. What, who, who posted that um, to try to tap up Troy for the pod? <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, we're really trying to tap him up. That's it, we move 100%. Mm. So let's start off with this particular fixture. And it was interesting because um, ahead of the, uh, the kickoff, I was actually driving and, and was listening to TalkSport. And um, they were speaking about the fact that uh, Norwich... Um, were were in a spot of bother, given the fact that they had so many players out injured, especially in the back line and and in the midfield. And so they were having to basically field a makeshift team. Uh, And and obviously coming up against a team like um, uh, Man City is always going to be difficult. Added to the fact that, you know, you've got half of your starting 11 out injured, it's always going to feel like a long day at the office. So I think that... um, uh, particular result was one that no one saw coming and everyone would have been shocked at and so I, I think that's why it's very fitting that we start with that particular result so we're obviously talking about Norwich's 3-2 win at home to, to Man City um, guys share your thoughts and opinions on that game oh man it was <laughs> terrible performance from Pep Guardiola's Man City um I think last week I remember saying that I think the Laporte injury is going to be, you know, covered mm-hmm. and, and masked over mm-hmm. in terms of Man City control games and they keep the ball and they suffocate you. So what Pep is great at, he's good at hiding weaknesses. So if he feels that the centre-backs are weak, he can mask over those cracks by, mm-hmm. you know, getting the team to probably press the space a bit more and mm-hmm. suffocate the opposition so they don't get exploited exploited defensively yeah we've seen similar with Sinchenko he's been a makeshift left back for quite a few yeah, yeah. quite a long time now yeah, and yeah, yeah. you can only probably count on one hand how many times he's actually been exposed in terms of wow like Zinchenko he's having a he's having a tough time out there mm-hmm. so just to go back to the game it was interesting because I, I listened to Tony Pulis on goals on Sunday this morning and he said you listen to Tony Pulis <laughs> <laughs> he's a dinosaur, he's a dinosaur. Right? These are the guys that need to get weeded a, out man. A, He's a dinosaur I agree But he made a great point And the point was 
he was saying that when he was at Stoke, they always looked for games after the international break to play the top six because they thought, yeah, this is an opportunity. And then, obviously, I watched the game, you know, diligently yesterday and I, I, and I saw what he meant because, mm-hmm. like, the opening 10 minutes, opening 15 minutes, I was seeing Man City and I was thinking, something's wrong here. Mm. Baggy touches in the defence, um, balls getting kicked out for throw-ons. Is this the prospect of the week part? For me, just to go into the game, man, the spotlight has to be on one name, one face, mm-hmm. and it goes by the name of Pep Guardiola. Yeah. I mean, leaving out Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, this is your chief creator, your best player, in my opinion. This is a guy that's just come off three assists, scoring a goal against Scotland. Mm-hmm. There's no excuses. Pep Guardiola was thinking ahead to the midweek game <laughs> against Shakhtar Donetsk. He saw that Norwich team sheet mm-hmm. deflated and depleted. And he thought, you know what? This is going to be easy pickings. Mm-hmm. And he counted these chickens before they had hatched, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I have to say, I agree with Dej on this one because I think it was cockiness from Guardiola. Definitely. Every, every, Definitely. Yeah, I think it was cockiness because every team have their best players. Mm. So he thought, oh yeah, KDB, I'll just rest him. We'll have all the ball. We'll, yeah, but, we'll just win anyway. But wasn't that City side still strong enough of to course, beat that? Yeah, that? yeah, of course. It's, mm. this, this side's always going to be strong yeah, enough yeah, yeah. To, to win the game. But you, sometimes, you know, glitches can happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Literally yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. so they needed their best players on the field just to make sure nothing, just play him for 60 minutes, take him off. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. He tried to bring him on in the second half. It was, it was too little, too late. So do you guys feel that um, Kevin De Bruyne in that starting eleven would have changed that result. Yes, yes, I believe so. I believe ah, so, man. I think it's, obviously it's, it's, even given even given the the, 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 the issues at the at the back the, that the, was that were clear in that game for, the, for City. The thing is about Kevin De Bruyne is that he penetrates. Mm-hmm. All the other players are a bit, you know, Bernardo Silva is going to keep it ticking along, mm-hmm. but with De Bruyne, he doesn't allow defenses to set. <laughs> that's where he catches them out he's mm-hmm. one touch and release and, yeah. and that's where it goes that's where they come from mm-hmm. but so you're saying City's attack is faster when he's on the of pitch course. Yeah, of the course and more we, unpredictable yeah, we, we when know, we see mm. City when they play without Kevin De Bruyne it's side to side for me why playing slow, Rodri slow and Gundogan mm-hmm. they're both similar players they keep it rotating but Kevin De Bruyne when he's on that pitch he can whip it from a mad yeah, angle yeah, a yeah. set piece anytime you see him on the ball mm-hmm. he's a danger I'm and, sure even when you look at the Man City players, when they're playing with Kevin De Bruyne, their ears perk up and they think, you know what, we're going to get goals today. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, City didn't seem that dangerous that, for that game. Mm, like, I, I hardly saw Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Sterling. They look yeah, void of ideas. Yeah, I don't know. And we've been seeing this for quite a while with Man City. I know, I think the last time they went down was against Brighton and they corrected that within 20 seconds and got a goal straight away. Yep, yep. But I remember the game against Palace. They went down and they were void of ideas. Again, against Norwich, they went down and they couldn't recover. Um, I think against Leicester, correct me if I'm wrong, when they went down to 2-1, they couldn't yep. really recover. Yep, yep, yep. So I think this is something that may cause them concern mm-hmm. because it's starting to become a trend. Well, mm. it's happened three times. And the the one thing with Man City, I believe that like, when they go down, they're going to come back, they're going to come back, they're going to come back. Then all of a sudden, it's like they start panicking. I'm not sure if you guys agree with me. Yeah, I agree. Me, I agree. I think Pep, yeah, no, sometimes he has the tendency to overcomplicate and he doesn't know how to react. Some of the players, I mean, for a team like Norwich to beat Man City, you've got to have like four or five players that were off form. Yesterday, Kyle Walker, he started the season great. Mm-hmm. Poor Zinchenko, passing the ball out of the play. 
Paul, <laughs> Raheem Sterling, this has been Man City's hot shot this season. I mean, he was null and void. Mm. So for... <laughs> no, we have to be real. It's, it's, yeah. it's tricky because um, Laporte's out for six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Company's not there no more. And mm. obviously... Fernandinho's on the bench. That's so what I to mm. it's, 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 it's Fernandinho scary times. on the bench or is he in prison? I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> you, know, you know what's just, funny is he about the Fernandinho? That's what I was going to say. Because like, last season, I didn't see no obvious signs of deterioration. Yeah, yeah. There, was to no be tread. there was no yeah. tread on the tyre. There was so no tread why is he on the bench? So now and it's I, like Pep is deeming him surplus overnight, literally. I, I think he trust Rodri so much that he just feels like, yeah, Rodri, you're going to be my man in this position mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Fernandinho's going to play when we need him now. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, it'll be poor of us not to talk about Norwich because there was two sides that played a part in this game and absolutely when you're a newly promoted team, set pieces are your currency where you can attack these yeah, teams yeah. and they got off to a fly with that McLean header, bulletproof mm-hmm. header. Then, you know, Cantwell and um, Pookie, <laughs> they came to the party and they were causing havoc. No, you know, the reason why um, I respect Norwich is the way they play. That yes, they, they are brave, playing football. We brave. saw it in the first game mm. at Liverpool. Yeah, they got beaten, but they the signs were there that mm. they don't care who they're playing. They're, they're going to stick to the yeah. way they play. Do you know play. what? What's very interesting, Tunj, is that when we were speaking, I can't remember uh, um, who it was that mentioned it, but they said that when we, we I think it was a we were we were uh, talking about which teams we feel might go down, and someone mentioned they feel that Norwich will go down because. They're so expansive with their play. They, 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 like they play as though they're a top six team, for example, and that will be their 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 undoing. Mm. Do you do you do you agree with that sentiment, or do you think like you know they've got a, a certain identity and a usually, way that they play, so they need to stick to it? Usually, teams will try to play like that, but they don't see no real benefits. They'll go to the mm-hmm. top sides and they'll just get beaten, and you'll be like, yeah, it was brave, but <laughs> you didn't get anything from <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, well, on this yeah. occasion, they've done it against the best team in the league, the champions, and mm-hmm. they actually won. So if you can do it against Man City, you can pretty much do it yeah, against anyone. Yeah. But the argument is, the other teams that they play, will they sit? But do you need to sit against Norwich? So they're going to be open games. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. They they should be able to break other teams down. It's not like, you know, it's Liverpool or Man City coming to your ground where you're going to sit. Teams shouldn't be sitting against Norwich. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they should have space to play yeah, yeah, and yeah. create chances and you know, Pookie's their main man as well up front, and Campbell's Campbell's a little player as well. Yeah. What stands, yeah. out, for me, what stands well. out for me with Norwich is the composure in front mm. of goal. Mm-hmm. They confirm their goals. You know, usually with newly promoted teams or newly promoted so players, like so a Shea Adams, they thrash at chances. But these guys, they confirm the goals. They're cool under pressure in mm-hmm. moments of, you know, where they need to penetrate. I mm. think just to butcher back onto Deji's point mm. that he said earlier about the set pieces, I think I saw a stat yesterday that since the start of last season, Man City have conceded 54% of their goals from set pieces. So, clearly, th- there's a problem there. And Norwich exploited it. It was a great header from McLean, towering header at the near post just to thump it in. Edison mm. was left stranded. He was like, where's the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not all doom and gloom for Man City. Let's yeah. make that yeah. clear. It's just one result. They lost. Cool. But the warning signs that it could happen again are yeah, there. But I think, and yeah, the reasons yeah. why I mean, yeah. are, obviously, company's gone... Laporte's injured for six months. Fernandinho, we don't know what's going on. So who's the real leader in the team? You tell me who's the leader in that team. That's the issue with them. Stones and Otamendi are similar types of personalities. I saw no one's going to take the lead and let say, let you know what? Let me just cut you off there. there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> let me just cut you off go there. On, go on. I saw a stat that Pep doesn't like playing Otamendi and Stones together. And apparently... Who, don't, who would? Who would? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're both like like dumb two, and dumber. Two, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Two calamities, basically. Yeah. So... From the last season, they've played together three times. 
Wow. So yeah. what, what what does that say about? He says that Pep does not trust him. So basically, he was would. forced into it. Yeah, but and it was a I, car I, crash. I, <laughs> I, I, you know me. I, I've said it for years. Stones is not good. He's not a good defender. Mm. He still plays like he's 18. Mm. He, he, has he developed at Man City? Not for me. He's not good. To be fair, they're both tier three defenders. <laughs> In my opinion, they're both tier three defenders. And that's the thing for City. Once you get past that midfield, obviously they're going to keep the ball. They've got a glass jaw. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest mm-hmm. with those two players there. And the thing about Pep now, he's going to have to find a solution in-house because he can't sign anyone. This so is I'm it. thinking bringing the experienced head of Fernandinho. That's what, that, you, you, you know what, you, you've beat me, beaten me to it because the next question I was going to ask is, does he persist with Stones and Otamendi and hope that, you know, <laughs> he can't. something no, can be salvaged with that partnership? No, or does he, does he take out one of those two and, and bring in Fernandinho? And if I, he does so... Who does he drop for Fernandinho? I, I think Dej is displaying a huge amount of hyperbole here. I think you nah. have to persist with um, Stones and Otamendi. You yeah, can't. they're not the best, but they're your centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Put trust you in can't. them. At the end of the day, you're saying that they're poor players, but combined, they're 90 million. Stones is 50 million and, you know, mm. Otamendi is in excess of 35 million. Money doesn't come into it. We're judging on terms of quality. Do you think Otamendi is a quality player? I don't. Do you think Stones is? <laughs> so you're going to have to take drastic action and yeah, Fernandinho is a wise old head so like to stem the flow I think you should take one of them out of the firing line and in my opinion it has to be Otamendi that show of what, petulance centre back yeah 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 that show of petulance that <laughs> Otamendi displayed <laughs> after that goal when he gave the ball away I think it's a droppable offence because he didn't take accountability his shoulders were shrugged and he was blaming his teammates instead of sprinting back yeah but the the thing is with the back to the game i just want to um you know give a note to to norwich and i think buendia he was he was he was amazing um you know tete stepped in the midfield and put in a dominating performance and I know Dej has been, you know, um, scathing when it comes to Man City's defence, but there's one key thing I want to talk about. And what I saw yesterday was that, in terms of the most worrying thing for me, is Timo Pukki was outrunning Otamendi and Stones. (laughs) And and, and I was like, hold on. He had 50 yards to Mm. run into and they Mm. couldn't catch him. Mm -hmm. And he's not the fastest player. So that's what's really worrying to me is that they couldn't run back. But the thing <laughs> it's about like they were Pukki... caravans. I know they just come back from international duty, but come on. But the thing about Pukki, it's all in his head. His movement. So that first yard is all in his head. Yeah, but and, then, another, and then... another thing that we haven't spoken about, Leroy Sane, what a miss to this Manchester City side. Yeah. He brings a different dimension it. to this Manchester I, City side. I said that. And, and, I, and I without him, help. without him, they looked a bit pun. He can... Punish you, know, punish you, <laughs> running behind. Absolutely. He adds another, another dimension to the team, and he's a big miss as well. You think is Sane tear one or tear two? I call him tear two. Tear two. He's up at tear two. But the thing is, I said it at the time, and people mm. are like, "Oh, Dot, you're crazy. Oh, Dot, you're tapped. You're tapped." <laughs> yeah. The point I was making is that Sane is a bigger list, bigger loss than De Bruyne. Because he changes, he changes the dynamic. Sane of... bigger miss than De Bruyne. Yeah. So De so... Bruyne was out last season. Yeah. But I'm saying that Sane, every time he came mm. on from the bench, you expected Man City to score and you expected him to score assists. All the time he came on. So and wait, are you trying to say maker. if both of them are available, you'd rather the have thing Son- is, Because they have they have that type of De Bruyne. I'm saying, obviously, mm. earlier I said De Bruyne is more direct. Mm. He whips Bernardo it in Silva. early. They, but they've got David Silva, yeah. they've got Bernardo, two chief creators. Mm. With Sane, they don't have that in their team. He's mm. going to run at you. He's going to take you down the wing. Yeah, but they've got, st- they got Sterling yeah, but he's too, not He's more of an inside no, forward. Think, you know, Sane is a bit of a hybrid. I think that's a stretch saying that Sane, you rather have Sane in the team 
than De Bruyne. Like, if they're injured, if they're injured, if they're injured. So Bruyne, if one was injured, <laughs> you'd rather pick De Bruyne. No, I didn't say okay, that. So I said that say? I feel that he will probably be the biggest miss. So that's the, what you're saying. No, no, no. That's so what you're saying. Sane is a bigger miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's basically what you're saying. I'm not saying that I'll pick Sane over De Bruyne in that Man City team because De Bruyne is the best player in Man City. Just it's hands down. But I'm trying to say that he's going to be a bigger loss because he gives them something that they don't have. Mm, I'm not mm. sure if I agree with that, but mm. yeah, I just want to pay another tribute to Norwich as well. Mm-hmm. I think 10 injuries, you know, injury yeah, stricken yeah, yeah. and big shout out to Daniel Farker. Mm-hmm. The job that he's doing, sticking to your principles mm-hmm. over the years. How many times have we seen teams that come up just say, you know what? We know you're going to beat us, mm. but we just want to keep the score low. He said, no, I'm going to play, stick by my principles. <laughs> yeah. And that second Despite goal... Despite all the injuries yes, as well. Yes, that's yes, very, yeah. It would have yeah. been easy for him to say, you know what, I'm shutting up shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we want to limit the damage. So, if, big if, up Tim. If Man City scored that second goal, we'll be, we'll be standing exactly. up, giving them a round of applause. If Norwich continue to play like that, then they will definitely and should mm. stay up. Um, point. Just a fi- final point on, on Norwich. What struck me about them, I think Dej alluded to it earlier... The composure they showed under press to just play the ball Definitely. out and trust their philosophy was amazing. And you know what, Daniel Farquhar, yeah. manager, only, got, yeah. manager only, of the only manager, yeah, only good management can allow your players that's to do that. That's trusting your players. Yeah, that is He's trusting probably your told players. them in the dressing room, "Look, don't worry, just find just your man and pass. Pass that confidence, me. Literally, don't, yeah, literally, just do it. And they literally beat Man City's press." All the time. All the time, literally. That, that is what you call tactical work. And that's yeah. what you call hours on the training pitch. Beating Fully that agree. press. Fully agree. Fair point. Now, I feel I feel like we can't speak about um, Man City without speaking about Liverpool. The two Obviously, are you can't. No, of course you can't. No, the two no, are no, intertwined. No, 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 no. How many times have I told you that we you can't speak to Liverpool? About, yeah. uh, come on, <laughs> we can't speak about Man City without also speaking about the champions of Europe. How does that sound? Is that, Butch, is I'm that disappointed. Like, how much time do I need you to drop the memo now? Exactly. You should have got the memo. But Budge, 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 you said that um, you can't mention Man City without mentioning Liverpool, right? Why is Pep Guardiola mentioning Liverpool in these press conference for? We live in his it, head rent free. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is, is, yeah. is, is he rattled or? Do you know what? I think he, yeah, he he is under pressure, especially now with Already? those two injuries. Ooh. I think he's yeah he's got a lot to think about. You could you could see that when you know when the camera panned to him and you saw him drinking his water. You know I feel like Baker. in that in that mm-hmm. present moment in time there was like a million things going on in his mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but of course like we said you know the the, the top two of the um, in 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 the Premier League um, and who are clearly you know streets ahead of uh, the rest of the teams. I agree. In the league. Yep. Um, so Liverpool of course um, winning three one at home to to, to Newcastle. Um, I guess it probably feels like you know another day at the office uh, um, for, for Liverpool. I think yeah. it's what, is it fourteen it wins? Like that. Is it fourteen wow. wins um, on, on on the bounce? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really really good performances. You know, around. Um, so I read it. I read a stat that mm-hmm. it was fourteen. Well, Liverpool the first team to win fourteen wins on the bounce when scoring at least two goals in the process. Am I correct? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That sounds spot That's on. The, the interesting thing about that game is Liverpool went 1-0 down mm-hmm. and like, as a fan, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, three years ago, I'll be like, oh, fuck, like, this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a draw or we're going to end up getting glitched and we're going to lose this game. And the funny thing about it is that Newcastle are one of the worst teams when it comes to going one one because they're going to set up shop and they're going to park that bus and yeah. they're going to make it difficult to Under break Benitez, down. Under Benitez, that's right. 
Yeah, but Steve Bruce has them well drilled. Like, we have to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but they're more expansive. I think we've all seen a clear difference in their approach. I mean, you know, they came there, you know, looking for the, the opportunities. Do you think that's down to the manager? Or do you think that's just down to the players? I think the manager, the, field? the manager obviously gives them instructions. And to be honest, when they took the lead, as Dot said, it was, a, for me, poor defending. I used to be a fullback. And if I was that fullback <laughs> in that position, you're going in at halftime thinking, oh, I've had a bit mm-hmm. of a mare there. You should have showed him outside. Showed him outside. Yeah. The danger's inside. There was no one in so the box as well, if, so you have to show him outside. If he Absolutely. whips, if he skins you and he whips it in and they score a header, fair play. It's good yeah, play. No one was to, be done, <laughs> to be done inside was criminal. But again, as Dot said, as a fan, I was sitting there thinking, you know, even the fans, they were still applauding. There was He's no... He's footed though, isn't it, um, Williams? Yeah, so for him so to... So maybe he probably thought, yeah, you can turn it. You're not going to do I nothing. I think he hasn't scored mm. in a few years. So for mm. him to, to pack that <laughs> in... When, when, when <laughs> opposition it's, it's usually score, there's a hush in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a Liverpool shock. Fans, it was a, it was a shock to the system. Mm. I think the fans were, you know, they missed their team over the international break. Obviously, we played away against Burnley. Then, yeah, Liverpool, they started, they came into the game. Mane moved up to the Mane. left. Yeah, you know he doubled up with his partner Andy Robertson. Then he just thumped one in. He's I really mean, starting to love yeah. that top right yeah, corner. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the like finishes are always yeah. you know right right in that corner. Let's the, be honest; it's mm. too easy for Mane. That's the, mm. like, if we're mm. being honest. When you have got tier one players all over the pitch, yeah. I mean Robertson is <laughs> tier one. Yes. Trent Alexander is yes. tier one. Yes. Um, Bobby Firmino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, no, it's right, true. Right. People you're are not going to be happy with what you're saying. No, you know? but it's true. It's true. And what I loved, I think, I think everyone's seen it here. The day before the game, Mo Salah put on that thing on. We posted it on our Twitter. You know, of him and Mane's babies and a bit <laughs> yeah. of Jovi. That yeah. signaled to me that, you know what, these boys are in the mood. And I said it to Dot, these boys amongst themselves, they're going to score three goals. <laughs> and Dot will remind you, and true to the word, that's what happened. But the second goal, I mean, Bobby Firmino, he is key I was just to about this to get Liverpool. Into, I was just about Tunch, to get into go, go to Bobby go. Firmino. Obviously, we talk about Salah and Mane because yeah. they get all the goals. Mm. But as we've always said, without Firmino on the pitch, it, it all rambles mm, down mm. Origi started he started on the left isn't it yeah, he, just, yeah. he just looked a bit fish out of water yeah, yeah literally like, it just, no. it just yeah. didn't work well mm. the second Firmino came on now everything started tying up together yeah, yeah. as soon as he gets the Perfect ball balance. literally Mane and Salah they're off straight yeah. away they are off as soon as he gets the ball he's like the, he's almost yeah, like the like, chief creator yeah, 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 yeah. he's you know what? What? he's like I know you like referring to a mosaic sometimes, so you know he's <laughs> <laughs> like the final piece to complete that mosaic. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree. And you know what I was I was saying to, to Dej earlier is that what I feel like Firmino has always been a creative player. He's always been a, a a guy who can pick a pass, a guy who can link things well with with um uh with with other players and so on and so forth. But what I feel is that since Coutinho left, mm. it's like he's almost taken on that responsibility mm. of being that chief creator. And we see more of his invention, like more Which, of his creativity. Like some of the things that he does, sometimes it's like it's like he's more arrogant now, which is good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like... It's like he's playing yeah, he, the street. He's, he's yeah. trying new things. Butch, he's trying Butch, I'm going to forget things. my point. I'm going to forget my point. Yeah, go on. When you said that, I had a light bulb moment because... Mm. When Coutinho left, I noticed Mane going to a new role. And I was like, Mane, I was telling you guys at the time, mm-hmm. that have you clocked that Mane's role has changed in this team? He's playing as a number 10, but on the left. So that's why his goals dropped down that season because he was like the chief creator. Mm-hmm. 
Come back to last season, Mane went back to his old role, getting in behind and wreaking destruction on every opponent possible. Hence why he became the Golden Boot winner. And Firmino has now stepped into that Coutinho role as playing the number mm-hmm. 10, mm-hmm. as well as scoring goals. And that's why Firmino kind of had a drop-off in his goal numbers than the season before where he scored 28. Last season, I think he got 18. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to merge both of them together. So be the number 10, be the number 6, winning the ball back, and then also be that number nine. And I mean, come on, if he's not world-class, what is world-class? I mean, so, people, so, so. there were opposition fans. People say, oh, he's not good. What mm. does he do? Liverpool need a number nine. I mean, I've always said, if you don't understand what, you know, Bobby Firmino then you don't understand with, football. You don't understand football. But also, people don't understand that if you go and get a number nine, Salah and Mane's goals will drop. Because yes, yes. Firm's mm. unselfishness allows... Them exactly. to, to shine. Exactly. That's what people that. don't understand. And you see, if that. you go and get a thirty goal striker, let's say you know Abameyang. Abameyang's mm-hmm. got no link play. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah, no link play yeah, at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's yeah. just in box. Yeah, he'll be getting yeah, goals. Yeah, so yeah. Salah and Mane will effectively be starving. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's just the truth. So obviously, Firmino he'll chip in with his goals, but his main aim is to free up the supply for Mane and yeah. Salah, so they can, like Nino said. And, and you see that in all of his glory. I mean, when Mane starts up front, his first thought is in behind. When Firmino starts, he wants to come towards the ball. Then you've got the two sprinters running in behind, getting the penetration. And he's selfless. He's not someone that, oh, I want to get the goals. He loves scoring, but he doesn't mind not scoring. Mm. And he's a proper, proper team player. And I think this Liverpool side, <laughs> they're half the side without Bobby Firmino. Also, just before we ran up on this t- topic as well, um, special shout out as well to Fabinho. Mm-hmm. We can't forget Fabinho. He's he's been an absolute uh, revelation since he came. I saw some stat. I'm just trying to find it right now. That Fabinho started, I think, 33 games and he hasn't lost one game in 33 mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. 86 points accumulated. So that that's wow. crazy. Wow. Mane's money has got a crazy stat like that as well at home. I think it's 50. 50 yeah, 50 mm. games. These boys right now, scored. they just. They're no, 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 no. I, said, no, they're I said it in the group doing, chat. They're just doing stats everywhere now. Yeah, 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 wins yeah, on the spin, yeah, yeah. one defeat in <laughs> 45 games or 44 yeah, games. Mane's got this crazy stat. Fabinho hasn't lost since starting. It's just, it's just you know, crazy. You know the maddest Salah's stat. got 78 and 79 goal you, contributions. You know the maddest stat I saw over the weekend? Liverpool have been to more Champions League finals than they've lost games at Anfield in the last 18 months. <laughs> and <laughs> I think when you're, when you're drumming mm. up stats like that, it's a but joke. Even Bud, the pub- Bud's mouth is just yeah, open no. at the minute. <laughs> yeah. The problem is the problem with with all this, you know, mm. talking of Liverpool positive, yeah. blah, blah. What people don't understand is you're only talking facts. This is literally yeah. what they are doing right now. Or oh, you've got nothing bad to say about Liverpool, but literally right now yeah. in this current moment in time, there's actually nothing bad to say. Okay, they're leaking goals, but everyone's leaking goals. City leaked three the other day, so mm. still, it's, it's like... still statistically the best defense in the league this season. Do you know what I with think Man United that... and Leicester? But just a final point on the game. Sorry, mm. Budge. Yeah, go on. I mean, come on, guys! Like Firmino's assist, we haven't mentioned it on oh, this podcast. Like, well, what's going on? That was FIFA Street. <laughs> yeah, he he done a few things in that game, and I was thinking, hold on, am I watching Burkamp or for Because I was like, raw, you're taking a piss. No, I, I was literally just gonna say, I think. Uh, certainly the unsung heroes um, have to also be the off the uh, field team as well. So, you know, the, the, the backroom staff, Pep Linders. you know, you, 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 you think about that team, mm. part of, part of the, the, the reason why you've been performing so well is the fact that people have been fit. 
people have stayed fit. So, so you know, you've, you've managed Kornmeier to recover. as well, the guy you've, from Bayern Munich, he well. does a great job. Do you understand? And, 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 and if you look at the way that you, you, you play as well, with such intensity, mm. with such energy, you know what I mean? A special shout out, I mentioned, has to be given to, to, to the, the backroom staff. Mm. Because what, they, what they're doing is, you know yeah, what I mean? They're mm. doing a great mm. job. I mean, Mane, four goals, one assist this season in the Prem. Mm. Firmino, two goals, three assists. Let's not forget the sumptuous one of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Salah, four goals, two assists. I mean, Name me a better front three in the world. You can't. <laughs> that's interesting. That's that, that's interesting. I, I think I think I think that might be debatable. Of course you will, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you will think it's debatable. Yeah, why yeah. why is it debatable? You're gonna come and say PSG. PSG are not doing what Liverpool are doing. On on the on the team sheet, yeah, they're mm. better. But as a collective, I'm not having it. Hmm. It remains to be seen. We'll see what the what, what the followers think about that one as well. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to our next fixture. So I think we're going to do a bit of bouncing between sat- Saturday's fixtures and Sunday's fixtures and, and back and both. Yeah, Budge so- is dreading the next game. Isn't he? He's, he's <laughs> shaking like, his head saying, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to try to do Tottenham <laughs> next, you know. <laughs> 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 Boy, you're uh, shameless, you yeah, know. I've, so I've been cornered into this one. Fair play. So we'll discuss. Can I start? Why do you want to start? You've been starting everything. today. So, um, uh, Watford hosted Arsenal. Um, it was a 2-2 draw. Um, Arsenal, obviously, were, were, were leading the game and, and, and basically threw it away. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting, given the fact that um, Watford have obviously had a, a, a fairly bad start to the season. And we spoke about last week them um, sacking their manager, Javi Gracia, um, and bringing in um, a new manager. So, of course, there's, there's so much that's, that's still new and, and, and fresh for, 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 for Watford. They've, they've still got to have that bedding in process with the new manager, so on and so forth. So, on paper, before the, um, the game, I would have expected an, an Arsenal win. We obviously know that, typically, um, Arsenal don't tend to travel well. Um, we saw that, yeah. Mm. We, we saw that. We saw that. Yeah, but um, that's in full effect last it's, season. It's not that far to travel, so <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, it really isn't. But <laughs> apparently, you guys trained at your at your training ground. So. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't know what it is, um, but but yeah, unfortunately, like like, like we mentioned, um, you know, in the last few minutes of the game, conceding a penalty, um, which meant that we we only took a, a point from from the game. Before, um, what do you, what do you guys what do you guys have? To before I actually go into the we, game. Yeah. The problem with Arsenal is that any away game, <laughs> I'm not even joking, any away game is literally lucky dip. You don't know what yeah. Arsenal, if they win, it's expected. Oh, if they lose, it's expected. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You yeah, actually yeah. do not know. And this is just away. Yeah. They've got this issue. And I think it's a mental thing Yeah, where yeah. every away game, they can lose at any yeah. given time I thought Arsenal were actually going to win today because yeah. yeah. you got to remember they actually started the season well they won their first two games mm. then it all came crashing down at Liverpool then they drew at Spurs <laughs> and now they've gathered what two points out of a possible nine but they took six out of six for their first mm. two so they didn't play well in their first two as yeah well. but th- exactly but they yeah. were getting wins now yeah. you know we can go into the game a bit now um, they Watford actually started well, to be honest. Yeah, they, they, did, had, they, did. they had the ball in dangerous areas, but they weren't really doing anything, you know, mm. in terms of breaking them down to get a goal. Then we had the chief striking um, pure Emrick Abameyang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
literally put them to clutch, the sword. Clutch, clutch. And that's yeah, what that's what clutch. top strikers do. Yeah. Um me personally I think Abamyang is a tier one striker. I don't mm. know if you share my views. If you don't, let me know. But I think he's a tier one striker. Yeah, reason one why finisher. I think he's <laughs> so got what's the some, difference from a tier one striker and a tier one Okay, okay, yeah, no, no, I agree. But what do you associate a striker to do? What is he, his job? He, he scores okay, goals. So he, he does is score a tier goals. one striker. Let's not change him to a tier one finisher. In between the whips of those posts, there's probably maybe no one better in the in the league. <laughs> a striker, right, but, a striker but the, score the problem goals, yeah? is Emre's been playing him out on the left when he's not a left winger and he's looked limited. We've seen the limitations. Okay, so there, is he a tier one striker? Or do yes you put or no? Up, like up a tier two. Where do you place him? Do you put him as in a the striker? Same category? As a I'll put him on the lower end of tier one. Lower so he's t- still a tier one striker then, yeah? Yes, because of his fin- his finishing ability would, you know, get him out of it. No, it's, it's interesting you have this debate. And I think when you're debating whether a player is tier one or tier two, maybe they're not tier one. Because Aguero, if I said he's tier one, you're not going to argue. Yes. If I said Harry Kane is tier one, are you going to argue? No, finisher. That's why it's a mm. tier one finisher. But obviously <laughs> we're talking about the overall package. <laughs> but again, let's let's digress into the game. I mean... First of all, good evening, everybody. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at some stats here. Um, 31 shots on your goal from the basement boys of the league <laughs> is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Unai Emre comes out. Yeah. I listen to his spill. He says, "Oh, protagonist, protagonist." Arsenal <laughs> played poorly. They started off yeah. the game poor. You know, score two goals yeah. against the run of play, which. Let me just stop you there before you go any further. Which, in an away game, you expect to be under pressure. The home team's going to be on a high. Manager, and then yeah, with yeah. your quality, you stifle them. And yes. that's what Arsenal yes. done. They stifle yes. them. They Put got them their two goals. Yeah, yeah. Literally. And that's what the top teams do. They go to these away grounds. <laughs> um, they start on a hype. They try to, you know, get an early goal. Mm. The crowd is rocking. And then before you know it, your tier one striker goes up and puts you two goals ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you, you set up shop. You just clo- you just control yeah, the game okay. from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, second continue, goal, continue. that second goal, like the pass from Ozil, how many times over the years have we seen him do that? You know, then Maitland now just whips it into Aubameyang and he does what he does best. But the issue I have with Emery is game management. Mm. I mean, they threw that game away. The crowd was silent. Then what does Papadopoulos do? <laughs> I mean, there was mm. three or four warning signs throughout the game. You mm-hmm. think, yes, they'll get the when memo. Was, I, I know you'll think, okay, you know, the managers told us to stick by these principles. Mm. But I think as professional players, this is what we moan about. Players are programmed. Sometimes you have to use your brain. Yeah. And literally. say, you know, this is not working today. Let me whip it out and go long. Save yourself a goal. But once they got that first goal, I knew Arsenal were in trouble and they were going to concede again. And who was the chief of the creator of the problem? David Luiz. <laughs> These are two players. I mean, when I look at the Arsenal side, it's either Luiz is going to raise ugly head. Mm. Papadopoulos is going to raise ugly head. <laughs> Shaq is going to raise ugly head. There's too many ticking time bombs in the squad. Yeah, and literally, yeah. you need to weed them out. Yeah. Shaka. Who's the other one? Papadopoulos. Oh, yeah. Papadopoulos. They're not good enough. Kala- we haven't even and, mentioned Kalasanak. Yeah. And the problem is mm. we thought, you know, at the time, Luiz was a good signing because he's better than everyone else that they yeah. have. Yeah. But the problem is, Luiz isn't painting himself in any glory yeah. at all I think now. that's the that's, second penalty yeah, he conceded in three weeks. And he conceded the one against Liverpool and then he conceded... And um, the yeah, stats are showing, Arsenal keep conceding penalties. They keep conceding penalties. Mm. Which means they're all brainless. Yeah, they're reactive. <laughs> no, no, they I'm being get involved. This is this yeah. is the problem. It is all very reactive, and just mm. like what um, Dej said, there's it's, it's it. Sometimes it just like needs you just need to just think, literally, literally just think. 
And what I saw, you know, the whole thing about playing out from the back and us persisting with doing it. It annoys me when you don't have the the, the personnel mm-hmm. to do it, but you still try to persist with and it. That comes look, from look, the manager. I remember. Well, I remember. At, at, at the Liverpool, end of the day, let's look, 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 look. All of this. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's call the spade a spade. Emre is not good enough. He's he's we not good that. enough. We know he doesn't that. have we a style that. of play. He doesn't have a philosophy. He's he's stuck in the middle. We need to be protagonists. We need to play out from the back one day. The next day, you're you're doing long balls. Like you need to settle. Get a settled formation, play your best players and see what happens. A team are not going to be able to gel and click together if they're not playing consistently in the same system. And that's why you see Arsenal in the catch-22. They don't know what to do when they're on the pitch. But let me you see let... that with every single player apart from the elite players in that team. Right. It's the only player that does their job week in, week out. It's Aubameyang. Let, let, me, let me just try and back Emery on this one. Okay, so mm. the one thing that we identify Emery with is being tight at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Having a team that can at least defend, mm. right? Mm. So the fact that they're leaking goals and they can't see out games, is that down to Emery or is it down to the ticking time bombs that he's got in the squad? Because some Arsenal fans will say... Yeah, I, I, and I agree with that. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Some do, Arsenal I fans do. will say, what can you do if Shaka is diving in and fly-kicking the player? It's the manager. It's the manager. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And the reason why is it the ticking time bombs? I'm just because I'm just going to quickly draw this back to Liverpool. Liverpool had a player called Moreno, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this Moreno yeah. was out of control. Can you blame the manager for that? You, no, you can't. And you so can't. the manager should take the player exactly, out of the fight. Exactly. And the manager has to take the player out. And Moreno, he's he's not even in. He's in anymore. Right so what I'm saying is, Emery needed to weed out all of the deadwoods. Is he being too nice? Okay, Tunch, can I ask you what deadwood has he weeded out? That's a regular starter. Yeah, he's got rid of Mkhitaryan. <laughs> but the thing is, Mkhitaryan is bad, but it doesn't cost you games. Yeah. It doesn't cost you it's, games. He just does nonsense yeah, on the ball, yeah, yeah. boy. And that's yeah. fine. He can do it on the offensive part of the pitch. But in the defensive part of the pitch, they've got... Um, well, they went and bought David Luiz for one. They just bought another ticking time bomb on top of the ticking time bombs that they have. Yeah. And Arsenal... Defence are going to continue to rear its ugly head mm-hmm. if they have these players on the pitch all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the problem for me today, where I knew Unai Emre was a bit inept, was he did not address the elephant in the room today. Mm. Minute 60, Danny Sabayas comes off. I'm thinking, hmm, that's a bit interesting. <laughs> this guy's been working hard. Minute 60, Gwendozi comes off. He's been booked fair enough. You can kind of understand it. Minute 71, he takes off Meza Ozil. I'm thinking, hmm, Nicolas Pepe. <laughs> you win that game, you think, okay, he was ineffective, but we've won. Now that they haven't won that game, Nicolas Pepe needs to be dragged. <laughs> that performance, I mean, it was tepid. I think last week I came on air, I said, oh, you know what? For 72 million, you expect more. You expect mm. goals. He does a bit of flash of brilliance, but he just looks like he's never got the ball under his spell. He wasn't involved and it was a tepid, tepid the, performance. The, the problem uh, is right now with Nicolas Pepe, he looks like a fish out of water. Yes. And <laughs> the reason I say that is because, all right, yeah, we need to give him time. I'm, I'm definitely all for giving Pepe time, but mm-hmm. when you are your record signing for the club, 72 you M's. have to get off the mark early. You have to. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to have to give him something. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he hasn't scored, the pressure continues to mount and uh, as you can see... It's affecting him. Yeah, it's affecting <laughs> him now. Mm-hmm. And he's not really getting into advanced scoring positions because yeah, sometimes mm. you say he gets chances or, you know, he get he gets in behind or like, <laughs> he, 
But at the moment, at the moment, he's not really getting into advanced scoring positions. And mm. if you're not in the box, you're not going to score. So Mm. he needs to start pushing himself in behind and Mm. really start getting on the end of moves. And that's why Aubameyang keeps scoring goals. And without Aubameyang, who's going to score Arsenal's goals? Like, as it's out to October, Pepe needs to start chipping in now. Otherwise, all of the reliance is going to be on Aubameyang. And Aubameyang can't do it every game. So if if Aubameyang's not going to score this game, who's going to score the goals for Arsenal Football Club? And Tunj, you make a great point because Aubameyang scored 12 out of Arsenal's last 19 goals that's not wow. that's not good enough it's, it's not and I, I was saying it midweek in the group chat saying that like with Pepe I, I see him like more going towards the ball like dropping deep and then yeah. doing a little shimmy basically doing and, a Firmino yeah 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 like, mm. but like when he does it he's not really doing anything it looks nice I'm, mm. I'll, give, I'll give that to him yeah, yeah, aesthetically <laughs> it looks nice oh, yeah. that looks that look <laughs> decent but you're still in the same position like you're meant to in the Premier League yeah you earn your coin off the ball. Mm-hmm. That's where your coin... Look at the best wingers in, in the Premier League. Raheem Sterling is off the ball. Mane is off the ball. Salah is off the ball. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So he needs to be taking defenders the other way. Is he that sort of player though? Is he happy you with... You can't score be... 22 goals and not be that type of you player. Know, you know what's funny? I mean, we had, you know, Rahman Osman on this platform. You know, he came on and he said, you know what? Um, Nicolas Pepe, he's a hungry version of Wilfred Zaha. Right now, he looks like a Poundland version of <laughs> Wilfred Zaha. I know it's early to judge. I yeah, don't, I'm not one for yeah, agendas. Yeah, I don't yeah. have an agenda. But when you cost 72 M's, you, you to want to deliver. be seeing value yeah, for your money mm-hmm. and you want to be seeing output. And so far, we haven't seen it. And the irony behind all of this is that Watford should have actually won the game. Yes. The Corey in the closing stages of the games had... Pretty much a sitter. I'm pretty sure with the way with the way with the way the game ended, I'm pretty sure Arsenal fans were satisfied with the draw yeah, because I, they should I, have lost that game. Is that and the Tottenham I, game? And right? I was listening to BBC Five Life and, and Emre did say he's happy with the draw. Yeah. So. And <laughs> just, just just to round off as well, um I was watching Shaka's interview after the game. I don't know if you guys tuned into Shaka's interview, it's probably all over media, mm-hmm. probably memes all over it. Yeah. But Shaka was saying that the players second half were scared. So I think that's down to the manager and I think Alan Smith came out midweek saying that he's heard from the inside that some of the players are thinking, what is this manager doing? They're lost. Yeah, they don't yeah, understand. And from when those sort of things start coming out and wearing mm. their ugly head, you know, there's problems at the club. Because mm. he's saying he wants to be a protagonist, but he's not showing it. Most managers, the top managers, the peps, the clops, when you they talk about their away. philosophies, you see it. Mm. With, I- with um, Emre, there's a juxtaposition and <laughs> it's not going to culminate well if he keeps persisting with it. And, and the final point on Arsenal, they have faced 92 shots this season. That's the most in Europe. That is pathetic. Fair point. Let, let's flip it on its head though. So let's look at, um, at, at Watford. So is, is the point um, against Arsenal today enough to, to sort of kick them on now? Did, oh, did they take course, a, course. a lot of positives from that game and, and now sort of climb their way up the, the yeah. table? Yeah, thing it was a top performance from uh, Watford today. They were mm. obviously second, first half. They were a bit shaky, lacking confidence. Yeah, you can see yeah, when they were yeah, one 0 yeah, down, yeah, they were lacking confidence. Mm. I think, and oh, here we go again. <laughs> but I think whatever was said in that dressing room, they they showed that on the pitch in the second half. They were aggressive. They were closing down. They were literally, and Arsenal fell right into their trap for the for the um, two one goal. Yeah, they were literally yeah. on the edge of the box waiting for yeah. the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper fell for the trap he played <laughs> Leno, it it's not before you know it I told you, it's the ball disguise. was intercepted so what tail would you put him who Leno Leno I think he's tear three you know <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious tear three what do you think he's tear two no chance 
No chance. Who's it? Name the tattoo goalkeeper so we can know. I think he's tattooed in the in the Premier League. I don't think there's much between Leno and Lloris. So Leno slash Lloris tattoo then, yeah? Tattoo three is a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's where you look at the mid-table goalkeepers. You've got people like Jordan Pickford, you know. Fabianski's... He's tattooed. Yeah, yeah, lower Tim Crew. Yeah, but Watford, I mean, I've said, I mean, I remember I said last week, they miss Troy Deeney. He's a big reference. I mean, we met him midweek and he's a personality. You can see he's the type of person that can conduct a dressing room. And you could see when they went a goal behind, they were looking around at each other thinking, oh, as Tony said, here we go again. But that first goal was key. It gave the crowd a lift. They started seeing them hurrying around, pressing, yeah, yeah. and they started getting emotionally involved. And from that moment on, you knew that Arsenal were in big, big trouble. And Kike Sanchez-Flores, you know, welcome back to the Prem. Yeah, it's a good yeah. note to get back. Yeah, I like him absolutely. as a manager. Yeah. He, he seems like good. So, and the yeah, one, let's see. The one thing about Watford that you felt kind of left them is the heart. Because when you go to Watford's home ground, you know it's a game. It's a physical mm. battle. Kapuwe, Decore, mm. there. They're going to run the whole pitch yeah. all 90 minutes. And, and that's what I saw saw back with this Watford team. So, yeah, they're going to be safe. They'll be around mid-table for me this season. They're a good team. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. So, Tottenham hosted uh, Crystal Palace and won quite convincingly. It was a 4-0 win at home. Uh, good to see uh, Son uh, chip in with, 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 with two goals. And he, he looked really, really bright. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have Son back um, yeah. scoring goals again. Um he probably should have done better with a couple of chances last week against Arsenal. He was a bit wasteful. Was, he was. probably knew he was a bit wasteful yeah. when he wanted to right that wrong last week. Got mm-hmm. himself a brace. And Son, is he, it's a tricky one for me because Son, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's tier one, bottom end of tier one or top end of tier two. I got tier two, man. Tier two. Mm. I think tier two. Yeah, so, but Son, he's got this, he's a, he's a, He's a confidence guy, so yes. once I think, he gets I think that that's first what, goal, he'll start to kick on now. Yeah. I Do you understand? Tunes, you make a great point, Dan. I think that's what separates him between the tear. He's confident, whereas Mane may not be confident, but he's still going to deliver. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, Son, he's always got this phase during the season where he's going to yes. get goals, goals, yeah, goals. So yeah, now yeah, maybe yeah. this is it. We'll get these goals. Son will start scoring now for the next couple of yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he'll disappear again yes. for a bit. Mm. And then he finishes strong or something. Then he'll finish yeah. strong mm. again. But Son, he's a top class player. His second goal, I don't know if you saw it, yeah. it was a yeah, yeah, He's yeah. done that more than <laughs> once. He's, he's yeah. done that Aurea, more than once. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that yeah, goal yeah. was just sublime and yeah. you know Son means to do that because he's actually done that before he a has, few he times. Has, he's yeah. good on the volley. So Son, he's a top quality player. Like I said, I think he's a confidence player. If things ain't going his way, we'll see him missing. When things are going his way, he can potentially be one of the best attackers in, yeah, in, the, in the league easily. In, in Europe even, yeah. Yeah, just I to think... go back, I think there was this famous meeting that Pochettino had with his players. I mean, he came out and said, you know what, let's bury the hatchet, whatever's happened before, let's draw it under the table. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at some interesting stats. I mean, towards the back end of last season, there was some huge document on Tottenham's pressing. Mm-hmm. And Pochettino always comes out and says, aggressivity, aggressivity, even though it's not a word, <laughs> that's what he wants. Yeah. And you sort of got this impression that Tottenham have gone soft. Mm-hmm. We can outfight them. And all those principles yesterday were restored. We saw them fighting. I mean, you know, getting a fourth minute goal. I mean, Sacco had a, had a real game to forget. It's rare for you to say Tottenham score four, go- four goals without Harry Kane on the score sheet. And mm. yeah, Tottenham are back. I think they're back and I think their season starts now. 
Mm. I still believe it's a top two Tottenham than the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, let's see how I, they end. I think, you know, just to go back to what Dez said about the way Tottenham, um, you know, they had a bit between their teeth yesterday. But I read an interesting piece in the middle of the week um, from Jonathan Lee regarding Harry Kane. And I just want to get you lot's take on this. And he was saying that he feels that the the problem with Tottenham is that Kane cannot press from the front the way he used to. And a year ago, his tackles per game was 1.6 on average per game. And this season, it's been a mere 0.3. So do you feel that that's the reason why Tottenham have maybe struggled in the early stages of the season in terms of Kane, he just doesn't have that fitness. And, and, and the telling point of the article was at the end of the game against Arsenal, he slumped down to his feet. He was gone finish like on the floor so do you feel that that may be a concern for Tottenham going forward that Kane's role is changing do you think he's lacking match fitness or do you think his fitness is he's just not that fit anymore because is it would... the ankles yeah that, that's, that's what I was that came to my mind yeah I yeah. think the ankles you know there's a lot of wear and tear he's been getting these ankle injuries and I think also in his head he's probably thinking you know what I don't want to go into challenges like before, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I've been putting my body on the line yeah. where I can let me preserve myself so I don't get injured. So mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of a safety mm-hmm. first element. He, in said, it. he said the only tackle he's made was against Aston Villa. First game wow. of the season. And wow. these, attempted, these are attempted tackles, not one tackles, mm-hmm. attempted. And obviously also, could them. this be from Pochettino as well saying, oh, Harry, I know you want to go hard, but chill out a bit. Don't. Could it be from him? I think it'll be the, the opposite. That I think he still wants Harry to get stuck in, but Harry Maybe is pulling back mm. thinking, I don't want to get stuck in. Mm. That's what I think. Cause... No, because I think the incident against, you know, in the Champions League game against yeah. um, he flew in. Man City yeah, he flew, he flew in. in yeah. And maybe Pochettino said, come on, we don't need that. <laughs> and maybe... Or maybe Kane thought, nah, I, I shouldn't be doing that because it messed me up. Maybe the truth is somewhere in between. But again, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we should all keep an eye on that going yeah. forward yeah, to yeah. see if he's, uh, you know, playing yeah, and check out Harry Kane from plays from the front. Yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. Yeah, but I think Tottenham. I think we don't analyze them enough on this show. But mm-hmm. I think having Serge Aurier back is a big boost to them because they don't. Without him, I'm not sold on Kyle Walker Peters. Mm-hmm. Aurier is a specialist right back. All this David and Sanchez at right back, Musa Sissoko right back. It doesn't work for me. Aurea, when he's on his top game, is a class operator. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with the two assists. So I think Tottenham, they're one of these teams. They're probably going to go on a run of, you know, five, six, seven games in a win. And they'll always be up and there, up and, you know, at the top end of the table. I think Tottenham are always at their best when they've got Son in that team because he just, you know, he's so dynamic and they don't really have that, you know, that kind of burst in the final third. Mm-hmm. I know Lucas Moura offers something that they don't have, but it seems that Pochettino doesn't fancy him that much. Mm-hmm. Um Lamella, like, there's always question marks. Why is Lamella playing? Why is Lamella playing? But this season, he's been one of their better performers. And I think mm. he gets, like, a hard, you know, buck. Yeah, I think um, Pochettino said that his Spurs players are settled again. Oh, yeah. I think, you know... Yeah. 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 So this yeah. is exactly what I was going yeah. to ask. What What is the, 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 the main difference now between um, Tottenham before and after the international break. I know... Um, transfer window. Transfer window, absolutely. Well, There's no it, more speculation. The speculation's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know who's going to be at the club until at least January, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone can now focus mm-hmm. on their football. Mm-hmm. And Spurs, they're a team that actually need to be focused for them to actually yes, play well. Yes, if yes, they've got yes. too many different things going on in the background, yeah. it affects them. They're... They're pretty much a confidence team, Spurs. They are. They're, yeah, they're and, a confidence and, team. And Dad said that about the meeting. Pochettino said, yeah. listen, you guys are here mm. until January mm. at least. And if you don't buck up Perfect your ideas, timing. you're not playing. Timing. It's just as simple as that. And also, just to touch on Palace, because we haven't touched yeah. on them. These aren't the kind of games they're going to be judged on. I mean, they had an aging defence. I mean, Cahill, 
the tread has started to show for the past two years. Saka coming back from a horrendous, horrific but, knee injury. Mm, to be he honest, was never going to be fit. To be so honest, that's one of the games you just throw in the bin, forget about it. Yeah, but those on. are Palace. Yeah, Palace that is special. That, that is what Palace is all about. They love these games, yeah. the big away games, the upsets. Man United didn't they just beat Man United the other day? But those games are lotteries. For of them. course, of They're course, they still are not expected yes, to win them. Yes. If they do win them, it's a bonus. I'm surprised you know they got beaten four 0 If I'm yeah, being honest, I, I, I predicted two 0 Tottenham, but it was it was obviously double that. Yeah, let's move so, on. You, so you guys don't feel that there's any anything to worry about no. for, for Palace? No, Palace, Palace, no, are, Palace are just hot yeah. and cold. No, like, this, this is what they do, and that's what end, they end up in mid-table. Uh, Palace mm-hmm. are yeah. one week beat Man City, the next week lose to Sheffield United. That's that is, Palace. That's them. Yeah. 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 Fair point. So we've been speaking at length recently about uh, Wolves' um, uh, Premier League form. And given their their European exploits, um, you know which they've which they've they 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 they've, they've performed quite well in, um, but at the, uh, the the detriment of their form in the in the Premier League. So they obviously hosted Chelsea um, and lost at home. Chelsea winning five two. Um, you know the the, the first goal uh, scoring Tomorrow. was opened by Tomori. Oh, uh, what you know, a, a, what a, a wonderful goal! Early early uh, shout for goal of the season, perhaps. I like him. I like him. Um, which was also followed up by a, a Tammy Abraham. Do you uh, like him now? No, I don't. Don't stop. No, no, you <laughs> like it. in the Euros. No, I saw him. No, no, no. Let me just say another thing. Let me land. Let me land. Last week, I mm. said um, Tomori actually mm. looked good. He looked mm. better than Zuma. Mm. I'm not saying that Tomori is amazing. I'm mm. saying that out of the options they have, I like mm. him. Like he's a good, yeah, he's a good young player. I'm not saying he's not elite. He's not top level. He's still, he's still a talent. Isn't well, he? He's learning his game. I remember first game of the season against Man United. You said Lampard. Oh, if he keeps playing the youth because they're young, they're going to get sacked. And this is the problem. When you have that mentality, you never see if youngsters are good enough. Dej. Mason yep. Mount, Tammy Abraham, Dej. they've had prolonged Dej. efforts mm-hmm. in the league mm-hmm. and we're starting to see them reap the rewards. Dej, you're, so, putting word, you're putting words into my mouth. Listen, listen, this is what I said. This is what I said. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. This is what I said. I said... Giroud knows how to navigate a game against Manchester United away at Old Trafford. And I still stick by that. Yeah. Next week, mm. yeah, mm. you lot are going to call me crazy, but I still feel that Giroud will be better suited to play against Liverpool than Tammy. That's because crazy, in my not, opinion. You're going to say it's crazy, but VVD is going to render him null and void. You know he's on a hot streak. To be honest, to be honest, in the Super League, Super Cup, should I say, Tammy Abraham was giving Van Dijk some problems. Yeah, so that, they may I want the more say, mobile that. approach. You know what? They're mm. going to tell Tammy, you know, try and just spin Van Dijk, try and just run him behind, run off him, peel off him, unsettle him. That's probably going to be my Lampard's problem, game plan for Tammy Abraham. My problem is mentality. Oh, youngsters, if you play them, you're going to get sacked. Lampard knows these plays inside out. Him, Joe DeMorris and Joe Edwards work with these guys diligently. Mm-hmm. So you've got to put your faith in him. And with Lampard, he's been given the freedom because mm. of this transfer ban and whatever. He's given these guys the freedom to go out and play. And we're yeah. starting to see the results. But Lampard, no, even, Lampard even said that it's not even because of the transfer ban that these guys are playing. Because mm. at the end of the day, you can still play Batsway, you can play <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can play Giroud. He said mm. this is based off of them being good enough to play for That's Chelsea. And not the fact but, but, that the transfer window is closed and we ain't got no one else to play. I, I mm. heard that, but my only gripe in that game was Barkley. I said Barkley and Tammy against Man United away from home. Mm. 
come on, you've got to play with the players that know the game. I know it's your first game of the mm. season. Tammy's still going to get a lot of chances. Mm. And I'm a fan of Tammy. Mm. I want him to do well mm. after the shocking abuse that he's been mm. suffering online. I want him to yeah, do well. I'm happy well. for him. Yeah. But I'm trying to say that right in the bigger way games, mm. you need to be sensible. I know mm. it's all about giving youngsters a chance. And Lampard, but in Lampard's mind, it's sensible because he's seen them midweek training. And he will make mistakes and he also get it right. Like yesterday, he got it right. Perfect. And now Tammy's reaping the rewards of playing consistently and of he's course. doing a great job. And Obviously that's all due to the that, faith yeah. in Lampard yeah. that Lampard has yeah, instilled in him. Without the faith that Lampard put in these players, these players won't be performing at this level. Definitely. And Abraham will start against Liverpool next week. You do not not start him. Of course, no, of, course, yeah. of, course, yeah. of, course start, of course, of course. And I'll he will that, try to one. You're saying, you know, Van Dijk will... He's probably going to end up scoring yeah. now. But yeah, seven goals, then you take him out. It doesn't make sense. He will try to unsettle... Van Dijk so, next, next week absolutely so, so does he stick with the three at the back because again that helped out that, that helped them is Tomori and Zuma good enough to play as a two I know Rudiger is back he'll mm. probably start but are those defenders good enough to hold up to Liverpool's front three that's going to be I'm not sure about that but if I want to digress back into the game I watched part of it as Dot alluded to, there was a three at the back. Mm. Chelsea matched up Wolves' um, formation and were just better than them. What I liked about it as well is Chelsea saw the threat or the potential threat of Adama Traore up against Marcus Alonso, but he played, you know, Tomori in that left channel mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. cover up, you know, in case he got exposed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there were certain times in the game, Traore had the ball. And I was like, run at him, run at him. You're like the fastest <laughs> player in the league. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was deterred from doing that. And again... These Wolves fans have seen similar efforts to Tomori's goal against them from mm. Ruben Neves. That's how good the goal was. Mm-hmm. And that set them on their way. And, you know, from then they just controlled it, controlled it, got their goals. And to be honest, Wolves, that last 15, 20 minutes, like they look shattered. Mm. They looked a team bereft of confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened. It's, Nuno it's the Europa t- League though. They, yeah. They've won every game in the Europa League and they're struggling But how can to... it be Europa League when we just came back from an international now, break? Of course, but again, like that, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that, yeah. but the international break has a similar effect as the, as the Europa League because... But it's the same for everyone else. Of course, All the other of course, teams struggle of course, with but well. let, let's be honest, on paper, Chelsea are better than Wolves. Yes. So yes. this is not a shock result. I thought Obviously, this was one I, potentially where there could be a banana skin. I agree with you because I think I predicted Wolves to get points but Wolves it's going to be difficult to Mm. replicate what they've done last season you can't bet on the results they had against the top six last season because they had amazing results you're not going to do that again man we've got to be realistic with them I think Chelsea um, just going back on Chelsea quickly um, Lampard stated that he wants his team to be able to play different formations when called upon depending on the opposition Mm. so I know you were saying will he play three at the back against uh, Liverpool next week I'm, I'm not sure if he just scored five will... goals though, man. With it, it's 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 a tricky one to be honest. But I do like what Lampard's doing at the moment. Definitely, um, man. I definitely, I'm a fan of his work so far. Um, Chelsea look better than they did. Oh, I'm not having that. Mm. Not having than that. they did when. <laughs> Again, the media put, painted a picture of Sarri to be yeah. this sort of inept dinosaur, but he actually done a good job. Yeah, no, I agree. 
and he won silverware. Yeah, yeah and he so got he, again. He got top three. Everyone painted his top best four. Of the rest. Yeah. He was the best but of the rest. Yeah. And they just gave him the certificate saying he's the best <laughs> of the rest. Yeah. yeah, so I think Lampard's doing a good job. Again, there's going to be bumps in the road. You've got yeah. young players. It's going to happen. But they concede too much goals, definitely. Yeah, so yeah that, that's the funny stuff. Yeah, I think they've conceded the most goals yeah. this season. And that's what top six. That's, that's, that's scary. That's scary town for them. That's a worry going to the you know the most informed team in Europe next weekend. Liverpool. Conceding 11 goals, scoring 11 goals. Yeah, they're going to score goals. They're going to create chances. But are they going to keep this Liverpool team out? I'm not too sure. Can we just say that Tammy Abraham as well is the current Premier League top goal scorer with seven goals? And I, I saw I, a lot of slander online about Rashford. He scored a hat-trick before Rashford. <laughs> I think Lacazette as well. Yeah, yeah, like people are dragging yeah, up slander. Yeah, yeah. But you know, good on Tammy. Is a, is a wait, funny ha- wait, Tammy has how many goals? Seven. And how many does Pepe... Oh, you started oh, a bit over. People are comparing on. Pepe with Daniel James. Yeah, yeah so, people are saying it? that yeah, he's just a you know a glorified Jovino. Let's He's been undressed enough <laughs> already, to be honest. <laughs> moving swiftly on, United uh, won 1-0 at home against Leicester, which was for me an interesting result because I didn't expect them to win. I thought Leicester was were, you know would have taken something from that game. Um, of course, they won courtesy of a very early um, penalty. Uh, that was scored by Marcus Rashford. Uh, a very accomplished finish. I think it was very, very confident, especially given all of the issues that have, you know, uh, you know, uh, arose in recent weeks with the penalty uh, takers at United for him to have that cool head, obviously in the absence of um, uh, Paul Pogba as well, mm. and to put that away um, was, was, was was certainly good. Yeah, Rashford's in, 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 the in, designated yeah, penalty taker now anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. With this one, I just want to start on Leicester actually now. Mm. I knew Leicester weren't going to win that game. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I knew they were not going to win that game. Mm. And let me tell you the reason why. <laughs> Leicester have this thing where I don't think they believe they can win at these big away grounds. It's mm. a mental thing. Mm. We saw them at Chelsea. Mm. You know, they played great football. They should have won that game, but mm. they drew because they don't believe they can win that game. Madison had a couple... He had sitters. They yeah, should have beaten Chelsea yeah, at the yeah, bridge. Yeah. So just off going off of that game, I knew they weren't going to win at this day maybe get a draw yeah, but I knew yeah. there was no way they were going to win that game and the reason why is they don't have what it takes to win at these big away grounds mm. like Old Trafford Emirates mm. Stamford Bridge they can get a draw they're dangerous but they're not going to take that extra step to mm. win so I don't know if that's just a mental thing or you know Brendan Rodgers to be fair we even saw at Liverpool Liverpool couldn't win big away games when Brendan Rodgers was the manager <laughs> so mm. it, it may just yeah, be the manager yeah, yeah. he needs to get over that psychologically as well and let his players know that look you can beat these teams and we're still waiting from a we're saying you know Leicester they may go for top four or they may go for top six but we Mm. need a statement from Mm. Leicester at Mm. one of these big grounds that look we're messing with the big boys this season but you want me to be honest Mm -hmm. that game pissed me off man (laughs) I'm not (laughs) I don't have to be real um I was like, yeah, this is the best 3pm kickoff to watch and this game is going to be end-to-end. It's going to be a dynamic game. It's going to be both teams going at it. And it was just so boring. Um, Mm. You know, to to analyse the game, um, Harry Maguire, excellent, excellent performance. Um, He had the bit between his teeth playing his ex-club. He he knew that, yeah, he had to deliver virtuoso and he he, he delivered a masterclass. He defended very well. 
Um, you know, last ditch clearances, great headers. Um, he dealt with like every like set piece. Um, brought brought the ball out of the back well. Um, Scott Scott Mc, McTominay. I know he gets you know a, a hard time from a few you know Man United fans, but he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. He was you know matching up with Madison, matching up with um, Tillisman, and putting a real combative, aggressive performance. And I think. The thing, the thing is with Man United, the key thing that I took from, from that game is that Man United are better when they don't have the ball. When the emphasis is on them to build play, they're, they're going to be found wanting because they have clear limitations where their midfield can't progress the ball. Pereira, he's awful. Um, Mata, the tread on the tyre. It's wet. It's weared out. It's worn out. It's worn out. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, when I looked at that game before, as Dot said, this was the interesting game of the weekend. I was thinking, okay, this is the game that's going to show us whether Leicester can break into that top six. Mm-hmm. And this is the game also that's going to show us how far Man United have fallen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Neither happened. I mean, I was expecting Leicester to get a point at least. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers, they had a full strength squad. Man United had several injuries. Apart from that back four, mm-hmm. you can say the rest, apart from Rashford, mm. aren't guaranteed starters. So I thought they were going to exploit that situation. But there seems to be probably a mental block. In those moments, they just can't crack it. Mm. I know Madison had a shot where the guy saved it with his legs. Mm. Um, Sonia Koo as well. I like him as a what defender, he but he's too, mm. he's too, like... He what, reactive? To, yeah, reactive, like a David Luiza moment, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> he played well, don't they? Yeah, Other than the but, penalty, he, he, he course, actually But what were you going to remember? The penalty. Exactly, and that's the <laughs> art of a defender. Like, yeah. one mistake, you've ruined your whole day. Yeah. You know, sorry, sorry. You know, you know what's interesting? I love Madison, but... His end product is, is questionable. With someone with so much technique, sometimes he does make the wrong decision a little too much in terms of threading the ball or finishing, you know, in the final third. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Madison, but that's maybe why Southgate may f- favour Mount ahead of him because he feels that maybe the end product is, is better yeah. from Mount. Have well, seen Madison play the correct ball Fam- more often I, I than love not. Madison. I, I, I love Madison, but... He has had big chances in the big games big to make the difference. Yeah, he has to make the difference, yeah. It, definitely. Yeah, so... Um, even touching on Solskjaer for a bit, um, I think he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> he's been made a figure of ridicule. Yeah, he, he has been will? ridiculed. Is that the will? But he's driving in the wrong direction. That's that's the problem. <laughs> he's, he's getting results. He's got limited I mean, resources at the moment, Solskjaer, and he's 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 getting results. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tricky one. But he's got how long's my show out for? I think I'm not sure. Maybe a couple of weeks. I'm not entirely sure. The, right now, the f- the front line he's got Daniel James, Rashford, Mata. It, it's not really great. If yeah, I'm being he, honest, he, he got rid but, of the players. Though, yeah, Tom. yeah, he got rid of Lukaku, but he wasn't Sanchez, That's the issue. And they didn't bring anyone else in, so he's got a tough, tough, tough job on his hands up until the January transfer window. Uh, yeah, and apparently they came out and said he's going to be backed in January. So that's going to be interesting to see who he goes for. I mean, we were having an off-the-record chat, me, mm. you and Dot, mm. um, about what a top team needs mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, compete at the top of football. One is a top manager. Mm-hmm. One is a great board. Mm. And one is good resources. Mm. Man United only have one. You know, Oli good still resources. needs good resources. Oli has yeah, improved himself. It's true. No, it's true. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying, so for him to be doing what he's doing, I know 
United aren't playing good football, mm. but he's bored. They're, they're as yeah, tepid as him. But they're then, in the summer, you said, this guy's got the makings of a top manager. Give him the resources. Of course, of course. Yeah, now he you're hasn't calling proven... him tepid. Like, no, no. <laughs> Make your mind up, No, bro. no. He hasn't proven that he's a top manager because he hasn't been backed. Both of these things are interlinked. <laughs> if you get, okay, even Pep, but you for still example, got to show signs when okay, you have Okay, Dead, okay, Dead. Okay, let, let's put it this way: you support Man United. Are you come com- on, come no, on. no, no, no. Let's say no. Oh, as a fan, let's put it this way: let's say if you support Man United, yeah, would you be confident that Oli is going to propel Man United to the level of Manchester City and Liverpool if he has the resources? Yes or no? If they can attract the right players, yes. The answer is a big fat no. <laughs> No, I think if you can get the right players, you're only as good as your tools. Right now, Man United have dross. So you think and if Oli had the right tools, he'll be able to compete with Man United and um, not Man compete? City that's going to take years. That's going to take two, three years to Arsenal, Tottenham. That's going to take years to actually compete with the top two. They're gone. No one's catching them. But what I'm saying is, if the board can back him in an adequate way, you're only as good as your tools. Ask any manager; they'll always say, "I'm only as good as the players." And Man United's players. Yeah, but oh, we, we we talk about these Man United players like they're bad. They're not that bad. Let, that, let's, that, let's, let's, let's that be honest. That squad yesterday was bad. I mean, you've had, what, old age pensioner and Matic strolling around <laughs> in the midfield. McTominay. I mean, Oli says he's he wants to go with energy. No, he's a good player. A yeah, good, yeah, no, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he's a good player. I like him as well. I don't know what the agenda is on McTominay. What, because he doesn't have a nice name or I don't know. There's no agenda from me, but what I'm saying the energy. He Matic, does a job in McTominay, there. McTominay, Mata, is that the most energetic midfield in the world? No, it's not. And Oli, his philosophy, he said, I want to compete with Man United, Man City and <laughs> Liverpool. And that midfield's not going to do that. So, yeah. What's your take on Fred? I uh, again, that's £60 million. Pounds, and he's, he's been made redundant. Like, he doesn't play, he doesn't get minutes. He came on yesterday. Um... He looks. He, he's a confidence like, player. He needs yeah, games. He's a like, he, but but the the problem with Fred is that he can play well for seventy minutes. I know it takes is one moment for him to get pressed, and then he gives the goal away. And I think that's his problem. But I think that just means that he just needs to adapt to the Premier League. And once he does, he he will be a good player because I actually like him. He can carry the ball well. The problem with United right now is they've spent one hundred and thirty mil on defenders, and the team still needs so much more surgery. Yeah, so how much do you need to spend? 500 mil? And that goes back to the point that he hasn't mm. really been backed. But also, I just think Brendan Rodgers, I mean, he's been held on this show. I think that was a missed opportunity. Mm. For me, Old Trafford is no longer Old Trafford. Mm. I mean, I think they lost maybe three of their last five games yeah. at home. Yeah. I mean, that's I a goal. won four in 17. At home? I, no, um, in, in the, the last 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. a missed opportunity for Brendan Rodgers and he'll be you know, going to bed thinking, wow, I've missed the opportunity. He's missed the limelight. He wants the big stage. He wants <laughs> yep. to, here I am. You know, I cleanse Man United. Yeah. As a former <laughs> Liverpool manager, I came there and delivered the performance. Oh, Brendan and, needs help. Uh, opportunity yeah, he definitely missed. Missed, he missed the bus there, absolutely. Sorry, sorry, but Des says that, but Leicester shouldn't be beating Man United at Old Trafford. It's never going to be easy. They're still a top team. They're a top mm. six team. 78,000, you know, capacity, the crowd on your back. Like, it's not easy to go to Old Trafford and win. I didn't say they should... I said they should have got a result. I was expecting... I'm sure everyone... You can see all the United fans reading mm. the obituaries. Mm. Oh, we know what's going to happen. Mm. And for Leicester to lose in that manner, you know... It's, it's a mental it's block. Yeah, it's poor. And that's what I said. It's a mental block. It's a mental block. They can't go to these bigger away grounds and get a result. Mm. Like I said, they got the draw against Chelsea, which was a good result, but they could have won that game. Mm-hmm. Madison had a chance to win it. Vardy had a few chances. They just don't 
goal that actually are to get the goal. Again, United ended up 1-0 and there's a penalty that won the game. Was we, we was actually looking forward to a good Early game. Well. We, we were eight, thinking eight, that game eight, was going to be full of goals. Minutes. I was pissed yeah. off. I watched yeah. We were thinking maybe a 3-2, you know, sort of game. But yeah, it was yeah. literally 1-0, penalty, and that was that. Mm. Literally. The other game on Super Sunday was um, Bournemouth, who entertained Everton at home. 3-1. Oh, um, God, Everton. And yeah, this is, this, this is it. You know, yet again, uh, another very tepid performance from Everton, who... We expected a, a lot more from. Um, Budge, you know what I find with Everton? You know when you say, who's a nothing team? They're the first name that <laughs> comes into my head all the time. And, oh my like, I expected this. I expected this. I knew Everton were losing that game and that's where their problem is. Mm-hmm. And that's why they can't get into that top six because you know there's certain away games when Everton go there, they're going to lose and they never ever give you a shock and deliver a performance. So that's Everton. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd agree mm. with that. Everton, I didn't actually catch the game, but I was looking at my phone on the Vidi printer and I was thinking, oh, yeah, Wilson scored. Typical. Then I mm. went and checked the goals and I thought, oh, typical Everton. <laughs> yeah. This is how they're going to concede. They just, it's like, you think they'll learn their lessons, but they don't. And until you get rid of that, they're not going to progress into the top six. I was thinking they're going to probably get into the top six ahead of Leicester, but on that performance, no then, chance. Nah, man. yeah. Doc made a good point. Like, when you think of Everton, literally... It's a nothing team. Literally, it's, like... It's lucky dip again. You know what I mean? They play. <laughs> if they win, right, yeah, Everton, they're, they're going to be competing this season. Then mm. next week, they'll just go and get beaten 3-0 against, you know, yeah. who, whoever. It's, it's just not good enough. It's I, not. It's not. Everton, they're just... <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally, they, literally, the way Tunj is talking, that's Everton. They mm. just make you feel like... <laughs> they spent, you know, big money on the mm. Wobi. Is he any better than Bernard? I know you guys were saying in the group chat, well, he's better Bernard I, 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 or what? Yeah, I think Bernard. I think Bernard, Bernard. but we've got some pelters about that. But um, Calvert-Lewin up top. Yeah, I know he got a goal today, but is Calvert-Lewin good enough to mm. lead the line forever? I just think Farhad Mashiri, he's going to want to start seeing some returns on his investment. And that obviously puts Marco Silva's position, it has to, under scrutiny mm. because... Do you reckon that... Yeah, like if they're not getting results, like losing away at um, Aston Villa and Bournemouth, you want to start seeing inroads to say, you know what, they're becoming a good team. And you don't really see that. It's early stages, but Marco Silva's getting his team selections wrong as well. There's just something not right with his (laughs) (laughs) sevens. And I'm just being honest. Yeah, but the thing is, is that they ended last season well. The defence was perfect. They kept the most clean sheets. Zoom is missing though now, isn't it? Mm. They couldn't get that over the line, so. Yeah, so. Going back to Everton and Marcus, but I just don't understand what is wrong with Everton. They do this at the start of every season. So I'm just trying to think, is it is it the manager? Is it the players? Mm. Are they are they good enough? Do they think they're good enough? Because Marcus, he seems like a confident manager, but mm-hmm. he just can't transcend that confidence into the into team it, yeah. because yeah. Everton are just too hot and cold. Mm. One minute they have a blind eye, the next minute they just get thumped. So I just need to know whether Marcus Silva can take Everton forward if Everton are good enough to compete. Mm. Just lastly, I don't want to name call, but I remember someone on Twitter saying that um, Moise Keane is, uh, should be a possible replacement and upgrade on, on Bobby Firmino at Liverpool. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. So. <laughs> we saw today um, Dominic Solanke partner Callum Wilson up front. We've seen, you know, in, in, in previous games... Um, Joshua King partner him 
So does it look? Do you guys think that this this is a a, a sign of intent that you know Dominic Solanke is going to be playing more games going forward? I mean, he he looked quite bright early on. Um, what do, but what do you guys think? Do you do you feel like he's he's going to now kick on now and 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 you know he obviously moved he moved he moved to to uh, Bournemouth. What was what was the the fee? Was it twenty million? What from Liverpool? Dom Solanke. Yeah. Yes, Dom Solanke. Um, so my view on him is. I think the jury's still out. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's a Premier League striker. Mm-hmm. I think he needs games, though, because he hasn't been playing. He doesn't play any games and he keeps yeah. coming off the bench. That's the problem. I can't expect him yeah. to do anything continuously coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. He needs to say, Dom, you're my main guy. Start up top. We'll start you up top for five games. But, you can't, many, but you can't in that but, Bournemouth side. Yeah, Callum yeah. Wilson is a hitman. Head, yeah, he's the head and shoulders above so anything it's, they've got. It's not, it's not working out for him at the moment, to be honest. The the thing is about Dom Solanke, I, f- I f- kind of feel sorry for him because he's like your traditional number nine. Mm-hmm. And you see like teams playing the false nine more often or they want someone that's going to run in behind. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And it's like Dom Solanke is at a crossroads. Does he go lower than Bournemouth? He can possibly still get a Premier League club. you like a Brighton. Or does he go to top in championship, prove himself and then come back to the Premier League and try and start like again? Tammy. Yeah, like Tammy. I mean... Yeah, time will tell whether he's going to be a Premier League player, as I said. But he's got attributes. Do you think, yeah. do you think he will get the opportunity though? Not, at not consistently. Not That's at the problem. He's going to play, but not. He's not going to start like six or seven games in a row. And with strikers, they need a run of games to get confidence, as we've seen with Tammy Abraham. Mm, definitely. Fair point. Now, um, Sheffield United. Um, they obviously hosted um, Southampton. Um, and Southampton managed to get the three points via a wonderful yeah, goal Gineppo, yeah. by, by Gineppo, which was an individual piece of brilliance. And I think um, he was being lauded for being so honest because he could have gone down, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he decided to stay on his feet. And, and, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that he did. Um, I mean, with that. that kind of finish. This is a player, I mean, we've seen him do it against Brighton as well. He scored a wonder goal as well. He looks really, really bright. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, he's like Mane. Liverpool are probably going to sign him soon, but... The way he scored that goal, I mean, O'Connell, mm. you know, Basham, <laughs> Johnny Egan, they're all falling in his wake, I mean, and he <laughs> expertly dispatched it. So, yeah. I think Southampton, they're a team that have just, they've steadied themselves in the league. Mm-hmm. That point against Man United was real good for their confidence. Yeah, so, winning yeah. away at, people might say they might be relegation, relegation threatened. I don't see that. I mm-hmm. think they're probably going to stay up and be comfortable, but going away to a newly promoted team mm. and getting the points is it looks good, and I like the manager. Mm. So. I, I know it's I know it's early, but that's um, good scouting, and that's that's what it comes down to. This the signing of Jeanette Pro, is that mm. you say your name? Jeanette Pro, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he's that just shows good scouting. Like Ralph Hasenhutl knew what he wanted, and he executed it, and you see that it's it's providing dividends. Yeah, I think Hassan Hoot was a good manager. Very good. Um, very good manager. He knows what he's doing. His squad have an identity. You, he knows what sort of football he wants to play. Um, I think Southampton will be safe this, this season, definitely. Um, some people may say otherwise. Mm-hmm. But they, you know what to expect from Southampton when you go there. And more often than not, they play in a way which gives them chances to get goals and win football matches. 100%. Mm. I just feel like they missed the trick in the summer. I was like, I remember at the back end of last season, give Southampton the money because if they do give him the money, they're going to explode. They're going to explode. Mm. 
But Ralph Hassan Hutu wasn't really backed in the summer, so I just see another season of them just, yeah. you know, surviving. I think they're just really content they with that gone, season, yeah, yeah, they could have gone to the next Depends level. Depends how ambitious. Season. So then Hassan or moving forward, may have to say, okay, you know what? So it is probably true. my ambition. You know, I've done a good stint mm-hmm. here. I've kept them in the league, but now we move. He, he's probably got his eyes on hmm, Marco Silva. If you mess up this season <laughs> and you get sacked, <laughs> that Everton job, I want it and I want to be challenging Jurgen Klopp. And and that's what I was thinking as well. In the summer, I was thinking, you know, Southampton should be contending with the likes of Everton, Leicester, mm. Wolves, that bracket of team. But, mm-hmm. you know, the ambition, they probably broke promises with Hassan Hattu because mm. I'm sure last season he was saying, you know what, I need the transfer window. And who have they really signed? Gineppo, you know, um, Shea Adams, the right back that got sent off against Man United. So Danny not, Ings as well, yeah, which was already done, done before Hassan Hattu even joined. Yeah, so yeah. it's not, you know... Great investment, but let's see how it all unfolds. Should be enough to keep them in the league. Of course, yeah, of course. Finally, just before we move on, do you think Hassan Hotel would have, if he had the say in the Ings signing, do you think he actually would have signed Ings or do you think he would have probably spent that money elsewhere? I think for the level of Southampton, I think that's the sort of, if you look at a Jurgen Klopp, the way he likes to play, Danny Ings is a Jurgen Klopp player, but he's just not got the qualities. So for Southampton, Southampton's a lower tier of team than Liverpool. So you would expect that Hassan Atul will fancy his qualities. Yeah, but don't you feel that he probably felt that I know someone in Germany that's going to cost me half the money that will probably be better than Ings? Maybe, maybe so. But obviously it was already set in stone. So he hasn't got that flexibility Power. yet. Mm. So, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Mm. And of course, um, to, to, to round things up of the weekend's fixtures so far, uh, Brighton hosted Burnley. It was a it was a one all draw. I particularly like the the goal for um, I like for, both for, goals. For, for Burnley. I like both I, of the goals. Yeah, they were both good goals. I I, I particularly liked um, Jeff Hendricks' goal, given the fact that it, yeah, was, it was like a, mm. I, you know right at the death of the game, mm. um, and it was a well worked team goal. But yeah, no, nah, it was a, it was a quality goal. Yeah. yeah, Brighton Brighton taking the lead. I mean, mm. Neil Morpay. This guy was a gunman. <laughs> Uh, at Brentford he mm-hmm. slammed in the goals what now, honestly, goal, man. Yeah, yeah, the way he took that was yeah. composed I mm-hmm. mean ice cold and then obviously it was, it was one of those games I mean let's be honest on the football itinerary he was like <laughs> yeah, oh, I could do about yeah, watching yeah, this yeah, one yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think match of the day agreed yeah, as well because they, they knew everyone would be sleeping <laughs> but um, yeah as you said Jeff Hendricks getting mm. the equaliser you know these are two teams that I think Burnley will be safe I think mm. Brighton might be in a bit of trouble but I think they'll be in a bit of trouble as well Brighton it's it's touch and go with them. Um, Burnley, they'll be safe. Sean Dyche, his yeah, team yeah, have identity. Yeah. They know what they they do on the pitch. But um, Hendricks, he's, he's actually a good player. It was a top quality goal right at the death. And I think Burnley, along with Sean Dyche, should be safe. Yeah. Fair point. I want to ask um, also, in your opinion, guys, um, Brighton now after uh, um, Chris Hutton. Before and, but before and after, what, what, what differences do you guys see? I see more, the... you know, they're more expansive, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the problem with, with Chris Hutton is that the Brighton board felt that it's probably gone a bit stale. So, like, every season we're just content with avoiding relegation. And I think Brighton see themselves as a bit better than that. And they want to see a manager that's going to, you know, be more proactive in their team selection and in their style of play. And from the early weeks of the season, I've seen a change in Brighton and they're more attacking, they're more free-flowing. But is that going to culminate in getting better results? I'm not too sure, but I do think they'll stay up. 
Yeah, I think Brighton are one of my contenders to go down. I mean, you know, Pep came out and said, oh, they play good football, which maybe was a bit patronising because they haven't got the players, I believe, to implement a much more expansive Mm -hmm. um, team. But that's going to take time because old habits die hard. Mm -hmm. You know, they would have had, you know, Chris Hutton's system ingrained in their brain. So he's going to need a bit of time. And I was a bit shocked by the appointment of the manager. I know he had a good spell in the Europa League with Ostersunds. I think the Swedish side, yeah, beating Arsenal Arsenal and stuff. So, and he had a a bit of a nomadic spell at Swansea. They weren't great. Mm -hmm. They didn't overachieve. I mean, as their manager now is doing, he's mm-hmm. doing a terrific job. They just lost their first game over the weekend. But I think Brighton will... I think they're going to go down. Dad, you okay. say that they don't have the players to play this, you know, expansive style of play. But if I had to flip it to you and say, what about Norwich? Yep. <laughs> you see that with good coaching, you can actually get players that don't have the, the high quality to play expansive style football. That's so don't good, you think that is... That's a good point. But Norwich have had the few years. Fark yeah, has been there for time. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you going to get that time to learn in the Premier League on the job? Maybe not. But do you feel that maybe Brighton might feel that in the long term, if we can just avoid relegation this season, maybe next season we're going to reap the rewards of this style of play and we're going to possibly see Brighton, you know, contending in mid-table next season maybe. Maybe, but as I said, the Premier League, you don't want to so, be doing yeah, them square course, passes in the yeah. Premier League. You're, <laughs> you're going to end up in big trouble. So, yeah. Cool. So before we, we wrap up and um, I ask you guys to give your prospect of the week, I just wanted to preview the Monday night fixture. So obviously West Ham are travelling to, to Villa Park. Um, and I just wanted to hear your, your, your predictions for the game. What you know? Who are the players that are going to have, uh, or, or who do you back to have good performances? Who do you think are going to take away the, 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 the three points? Or do you think it's going to be a draw? What are, um, your, what are your early thoughts? It's interesting because, uh, you know, when I was saying about Everton, that they just, you know, nothing to him. Sometimes I get that feeling with, with West Ham. Mm-hmm. But the thing is about West Ham is that I really like the manager. I think Pellegrini, he's a tier two manager. He's, you know, one Premier League at Man City. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like what he's doing at, at West Ham. I mean, Declan Rice, he's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Um, no, literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. With West Ham again, they're, they're top team, oh, I'd man. say. Um, Pellegrini is a good manager. Mm. But with West Ham, like Dot said, you just don't know what you're going to get with West Ham. Mm. One week, you know, they're on top of the world. The next minute, they just lose three mm. nil for whatever reason but personal wise yeah personal yeah, yeah. they've got good yeah. players yeah, yeah. I mean no, Halle the striker yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, he's yeah. coming and done tremendous mm. Lanzini's just signed his new deal he's looking good Yarmolenko's yeah, back yeah. from injury then they've got so Anderson they... as well yeah, so, so they've got very, really good players West yeah. Ham and, and that, those players Lanz- can do mm. damage Lanzini looks amazing this season and a massive shout out to Masuaku because mm. he's transformed himself he's been a, a fawn in the opposition side this season delivering deadly balls I think I remember like maybe two seasons ago he had yeah, a spell where he was spell. out of the then he yeah. came back and, and it was, it was on form was so yeah I think <laughs> yeah, that yeah. form has always been with him but obviously the managers maybe favoured Cresswell but if we're just Cresswell, going back he's done now you know <laughs> he's done I know a West Ham fan and he's saying Cresswell <laughs> that guy done. physically cannot handle it anymore if we're just going to analyse the game what do I think is going to happen I mean Holton the onus is going to be on Aston Villa to attack and I think West Ham are probably one of the most potent counter-attacking teams in the league after obviously your tier one teams. I think they've got a good <laughs> attack that can put Aston Villa to the sword. And I think Aston Villa are a bit naive. They've they've had good performances, but when you look at their lowly position in the league, 
they haven't probably got what they've deserved. But I think West Ham smarts are going to be the order of the day, and I can see an away win. Okay. Um, to be honest, I'm going to go opposite to that. I actually see an Aston Villa win. Reason why? <laughs> reason why? Yeah. It's because I think Aston Villa will be out for blood this game. Because if you've forgotten before the international break, they got ripped off with Jack Grealish going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. State was a dive. So they literally got robbed. Yeah, but Tom, only... don't you think those kind of games can kill, they can kill your confidence? Yeah, no, no. I agree, I agree. So it can go one of two ways. Again, mm-hmm. it can kill your confidence or you can be out to right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And it depends what sort of bottle these players have and what their mentality and mindset mm-hmm. is going into this game. I think with guys like... Jack Grealish, they will be out to right their wrong. And we've seen teams from Aston Villa that they've got a bit of, you know, cojones like our guy Troidini says. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, so I think they should be up for it tomorrow. But again, like I said, confidence could be down due to being robbed of a point, should I say, um, before the international break. Hmm, That can go two ways. It can create a siege mentality or you can get down in the dumps. But also their striker, um, Suarez, the big striker from Aston Villa, he started well as well. He started, he's looked a handful and I remember his goal against Everton to win them the game. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's probably not a game. No, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. But, yeah, I'll watch it, but it's not obviously Monday night football. You want one of the big boys and obviously we're not but a top six pod. We're not a top six pod. I watch, I watch championships so you can't say I'm a top six pod. <laughs> I think that game will be a 2-2 two, two draw. Two, two I watch draw. non-league. I watch or, um, championship league Aston one league two. one win. You think so? 2-2 two, two draw, Aston Villa 2-1 win, yeah. It's so funny because these, like, sort of, like, you know, when you, when you look outside, even, like, the top two, like, these away days, none of them are guaranteed anymore. Like, anything can actually happen. To, to give a prediction, whew, what did I go with on my prediction sheet? I don't know, but right now I'm thinking, whew, maybe 1-1. One, one. Interesting. All right. And so just let's just wrap things up now. With our favourite segment of the of the mm. of the pod, which is none other than the prospect of the week. So for all of you who are new listeners, the prospect of the week is simply a player who has been playing at the top level for uh, a, a decent uh, amount of time, but is playing as though they are a prospect or manager so, or a manager. That can yeah, we need to stress that. Uh-oh. It can be it can be mm. a manager Uh-oh. who the spotlight needs to be shone on, given. Um, maybe bad decisions, um, uh, rush challenges, baggy touches, overhit passes, um, moments of madness. So Boy, please, please, you say that, nice. but like, let's not forget, like, it also, you know, players that you feel that should be making an impact and they're not making an impact. And you know what? I'm cutting you off and I'm starting this off. Nicola Pepe, you're my prospect <laughs> of the week. I mean, you've come here for a big fee. 72 million, you're doing all this, you know, trio posting of you, Lacazette and Aubameyang, mm. thinking that, yeah, you're going to reap this structure mm. from Welcome the first day. Welcome to the big day. time, yeah. And come on, you've been rendered non invited You look like mm. a sitting duck. You look like a fish out of water. And Pepe, you're like, at the end of the day, Daniel James has three goals. And Daniel James was ridiculed by opposition fans saying that he's shit, he's rubbish, he's um, a straight line runner. But he's had a better start to life in the Premier League than Nicola Pepe. So it hasn't been good enough. Mm, I've been thinking about this one. I'm going to take my magnifying glass to um, Carroll Road. Okay, uh, Kyle Walker. No, no, no. Zinchenko. Mm, no. <laughs> Wait, Ottoman. Ottoman. Nah. Stones. Perhaps. You know what? Mm. You think Stones? 
don't I'm going Pep. Pep Guardiola is my <laughs> prospect of the week. Okay. I mean, midweek. After Jurgen Klopp got his accolades of manager of the month, I was ridiculed for saying, oh, you think Klopp's the best manager in the league? For me, Pep Guardiola, I respect him. He's one of the best, if not the best. But he's got this tendency to think he's too clever for his own good. I've seen that at Bayern. I've seen it at Barcelona. Clever clocks. Yeah, he thinks he's too smart. And that decision to take Kevin De Bruyne out of the team, cost his team. It's not fatal in the title race, but... Losing away to one of the promoted clubs is never a good sign. And if they are to lose the title, those are one of the games mm. that you're going to look at mm-hmm. and think, wow, we blew it there. So Pep Guardiola, you're my prospect of the week. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my magnifying glass to... Um, We're not using no spotlight <laughs> today, but it's uh, not a magnifying glass. Yeah, the batteries are dying, man. So to you. Um, today's game. Yeah, Arsenal and Watford. There, there, there was a queue of <laughs> potential <laughs> prospects of the week. David Luiz, Socrates. Infinity prospects, <laughs> man. But I was thinking... Giving it to them is too easy. They mm. Saka. They literally, yeah. They literally <laughs> mess up every single week. So a prospect else of the week has to be a shock to the system, and them messing up is no big shock to the system. <laughs> but then, I agree with um, Dot with Nicholas Pepe as as well. You know, but let's be honest. Emre needed to take yeah, him out of the firing yeah, line. Exactly. So my prospect <laughs> of the week is none other than Emery. Protagonist, protagonist, protagonist. Explain, explain, explain. What did you explain to your players at half time? How did they capitulate at half time? And sometimes, like you said, Dej, as a manager, you have to take your players out of the firing line. Why did he keep Pepe on the pitch? Now they can point fingers at Pepe. They can say, oh, what did Pepe do? Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just got to take him out of yeah, the firing line. Yeah. You took off Ceballos. You took off. Um, Gwenduzi. Gwenduzi. What is he playing about? He left Pepe on the pitch. mm. And sometimes, as a manager, you need to, like I said, take your players out of the firing line. Mm. He's your record signing. Take him out of the firing line. (laughs) Save him for another day. Again, my problem with Emre is reactive, not proactive. And we see it every game. And it filters through to his players. Do you know what? What I would say is, I agree with with Emre having to have the spotlight shone on him. (laughs) But I always feel like, even though, you know, I, I agree with what you mentioned, like there's, it's the same players that make the same mistakes every week. But I always feel like some accountability has to be made on the part of the player and an in individual. They're not you good enough. Are, you are a man. At the end of the day, you are, this is your career. This is your job. So the, the owners, you have to take ownership 100%. So for me, the prospect of the week is. It's <laughs> not even a prospect. You're giving your own. It's not. A, it's not a prospect. It is. It's, it's a parent. It's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It is. It is Socrates and David Luiz. Socrates, very simply, you see players camping outside of your of your of your, of your box. Just, just play the ball long. You don't have to play it short every single time. That is stupidity. So that's the reason why you're on. You're you're one of them david louise simply show he he's on you, you like you can't uh, like defend so square on do you understand like and he's 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 coming inside on his weaker foot like just be a bit more mo- mo- mobile like 
you you are literally flat-footed. You need to be a bit more. Yeah, but like, I remember them saying that with Socrates is like he's carrying a caravan on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I think it's, okay, uh, it's of course. Sure. Like I, I I feel like the um the the issue fundamentally is with Emery and the way that he sets us up. And the fact that the way we play invites too much pressure. You guys obviously already shared all of the stats in terms of the amount of shots that we faced and so on and so forth. So that comes from him. But these individual errors, honestly, like these brain farts, it's like, as, as, <laughs> as Ruan would like to say, you, it, it's just, they're just unexplainable. I can't. I can't yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's it. Can so Tweedledee and Tweedledum. There's that's, a that's huge, my... huge, huge magnifying glass on the signing of David Luiz. <laughs> I said it at the time to him. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, said it. Because, yeah, the argument was he's better than what we have. Oh, he's really? only 8 million. But he is having an absolute shock. You know what's funny? Yeah. What Arsenal fans tried to do, they tried to start saying, oh, he's passing. There's nothing. There's nothing. He's passing. Yeah, I would admit, I, I was one of those. I was one of those. I would admit, I admit 100% I'll hold my hand up. Um, but of course, he's conceded two penalties in the last three games. Louise so. will cost you games, and that's not going to be the last time he's <laughs> going to cost happy you to yeah, Let him go. Yeah, Chelsea, we're happy to wash their hands of, of him. <laughs> and like, well, Arsenal I'm are say, now suffering because of that. When Budge gives his prosper of the week, you know, it's really paining him. So. <laughs> Budge has absolutely had it. He was, he's, he's incandescent. <laughs> Fair point. So I think I'm just looking at the time. That is, I think, all we, we've got, unfortunately, all the time that we, that we've got no time for anything else. Shout out, Tunch. So, yeah, yes, out. thank Thanks, you very Tunch much, for Tunch, down. for coming come on, down come on, come on. from the headquarters, coming to bless us with your presence. <laughs> thank you for that. Live from the HQ. Trying <laughs> to analysing the data. Of course, of course, in the back <laughs> The room. metrics. <laughs> Master behind the scenes. This is it. This is it. Absolutely, man. So, before we sign out, as always, we have to plug our Twitter at podcast underscore TBG. You need to make sure you are following it if you're not following it at the moment. I don't know why, you, why you're why you not, but please make sure you do. We have our site set on... We have our site set on our next milestone, which is 700 followers. I believe we can do it. Um, so let's c- continue to help us to do so. Please, please, please don't be selfish and keep the episodes to yourself. Mm. If you're enjoying the content and you like what you're hearing, yeah, please huh? share it with other people. Share mm. it with... Definitely. Your, you know, amongst your, your, your um, group chats... I'm sure a lot of our listeners will probably have football group chats, so share them with people in your group chat, share them with your colleagues at work, your family members, your friends, your uncle, your auntie, your sister's boyfriend, whoever, (laughs) just share it, just share it, just share it, and help us to continue to grow the platform. As always, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, you know, um, make sure you you leave a five-star rating, on Apple Podcasts, um, Instagram as well, pod underscore TBG. Follow that. Follow, follow that. Help us to grow um, our platform across there as well. Um, again, as always, I'm looking at Dot. I'm just making sure I've I've covered everything. Yeah, individuals as well, man. Let's oh, yes, our yes, individual yes, absolutely. Players, man. So, yeah, individual start with you, man. I am Jewish. Hardly use it, but you might catch me doing an RT here and there. What, Tunja is saying you're on mute? You might catch me doing an RT here and there. Cheeky RT, everyone loves one. Yeah. Follow me, LFC Nina. All I do is chat shit, but yeah, follow me if you want to enjoy the shit, innit? <laughs> yeah, I'm Dej underscore TBG. And I am Budge the Gooner. So I might please, have to get bro. back on this Twitter thing, though. Get yeah. back on it, man. We miss you on that, <laughs> I might have to get back on That's this That's it, man. Yeah, Absolutely. It's got to be done. So, yeah, man. Thank you very much for listening up until this point in time. We will see you on the next episode. Over and out.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.